The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. Oh my, the presence of the Lord is Fountain Gate Chapel presents Wind of Love with Eastwood Anaba. Wind of Love will usher you into the full liberty of the presence of God. Wind of Love comes your way from Monday to Saturday, 11.30 to 12 noon. Eastwood Anaba is a pastor, a teacher, an author, a conference speaker, and an anointed minister of the Word of God. The teaching ministry of Eastwood Anaba combines intense spirituality and sound teaching of the Word of God. Join us on Wind of Love here on Sunny 88.7 FM. Somebody, I want you to lift up your hand and shout, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Come on, scream it. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And I want you to put your hand on your chest and say, I am a son or a daughter of God. I am a son of God. And if you're a woman, just say, I am a daughter of God. Now, that word son in the Bible, son or child, refers to an offspring. It refers to an offspring as well as things like identity, nature, ability, character, and then works. So it refers to, uh, to um, identity, nature, ability, character, offspring. So if somebody produces another person, we say a child or a son, and sometimes if somebody resembles another person, we say that this is somebody's child. So we are the sons and the daughters of Almighty God. God has put his name on us. And in the Hebrew way of thinking, the Hebrew way of thinking assigns sonship to people who are rich in godly virtues. So if you are rich in the godly virtue of consolation, like Barnabas, they will call you Barnabas the son of consolation. If you are rich in the godly virtue of peace, they call you the son of peace. So, we have some words in the, in, the, in, the, in the Greek that describe sonship. But to let you remember, just remember that sonship, sonship is not only about, um, sonship is not only about, about um, what's the name? Sonship is not only about being an offspring. It has to do with um, identity. It has to do with nature. It has to do with character. It has to do with ability. And it has to do with somebody's works. And um, when they look at your lineage, you, 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 are, you, you are a descendant of a certain lineage. Then they talk about the fact that, that you are a son of that particular place because you are a descendant of a lineage. And then they look at your similarities. The fact that you resemble somebody, your facial features, your, your behavior, your abilities. And then they say, you are a son of that person. Now, in the Greek also, there are a number of words that are translated sons or children. One of the words is nepios, another one is paideon, another one is technon. And nepios, paideon, and technon, all of them talk about children from age zero up to about age 12 and to 18. People that are not responsible enough to handle responsibility but the word for adult children is huios 
And another word is teleos. We will be staying more on the huyos as I speak. Now, I know that somebody will say, but brothers, who last, last month you were talking about huyos. No, I mentioned it. I didn't go into detail. This time around, I'm going to go into detail. And when the Bible said in the book of um, Romans, chapter 8 and the verse number 19, he said, now the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. What the Bible is saying here is that the earnest expectation of the creature is waiting for the manifestation of the huyos, the huyos. Is waiting for the wheels of God. Is is waiting for the sons of God that are matured. And in this particular case, the wheels is a male child. The wheels is a male child, an adult male child, or maybe a young male child. And it is used for the descendants of a lineage, like I said. So somebody is a descendant of some other place. And it also talks about similarities in character when you resemble somebody. So you and I. The Bible calls us the sons of God because we resemble God. We are like God. We think like God. We act like God. We behave like God. We carry power like God. If you are the son of somebody, you resemble the person. So if your daddy is tall and your mommy is tall, you are likely to be tall. If your daddy is black and your mommy is black, you are likely to be black. If your, your daddy is somebody who is very light-skinned and your mommy is light-skinned, you are likely to be light-skinned. And I noticed that even in intelligence, whenever you go into a family and the, the, the daddy is a sharp brain and the mother is also a sharp brain, when they give birth to the children, the children are also sharp because cotton one, I mean, a, a crab does not give birth to, an, to, to a bed. So we understand that sometimes it has to do with the similarities in character and so on and so forth. Now, I want to talk today about the God-likeness of the sons of God. The endless expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, if you take the sons of out, you have God. So what we mean is that the earnest expectation of the creature waited for God. The only thing is that this one happens to be sons of God. That means the earnest expectation of the creature is saying that, look, if we can see the sons of God, it's okay. I like something. Philip went to Jesus. He says, show us the father. And Jesus said, Philip, why are you asking me show us the father? He that has seen me has seen the father. I believe that the time is coming. You and I. If people say they want to see God, you tell them, look at me. If you see me, you have seen God because I am in the image of God. I am in the image of God. That is why if your character, your life, your boldness, your bravery and everything does not resemble God, it is an embarrassment to the creation power of God. It's an embarrassment to God's creation power. God created you in his own image. Don't be afraid to see yourself like God sees you. When God sees you, he sees his image. It is false humility to be thinking you are nothing. False humility kills the divine endowments in us. God has put a lot of gifts in us. He's deposited a lot of things in us. Pastor Mike, one human being in a town can change the whole town. 
One human being in a nation can change the whole nation. One Kwame Nkrumah appearing in Africa can change the color of Africa. One Nelson Mandela in South Africa can change the whole place. One Abraham Lincoln can change the whole world. I want to challenge somebody here. You have a huge potential. God created you in his own image. And this kind of spirit of religion that is upon us, and we are always walking about saying, I'm nothing, I don't have anything, I'm, I'm, I'm a useless person, I, I don't have anything, I, 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 I'm a poor man, I'm, I'm not intelligent, I don't have wisdom, I don't have understanding, I, I, I don't have bravery, I don't have courage, I don't have this, and I'm nothing. Then they tell you in the Akan Palace, No, you mean a lot to heaven. And today I want to tell the endless expectation of the creature waiteth the manifestation of the sons of God. We just want to look at the sons of God and I want to start with the way Jesus, the way the psalmist, the way the psalmist describes a human being. Psalm 82 and the verse number 6. He says, I have said, that is God has said, ye are God's. And all of you are the children of the Most High. You are God's because you are the children of the Most High. That means the child of the Most High is a God. And the God here is a small g. Ye are God's. That means God is saying, I am the almighty God. I am the omnipotent God. But when I put you on earth, I put you on earth like a God. That is why, ladies and gentlemen, it's so embarrassing to the gods that God put on earth that a virus can drive us to go and hide in our rooms and we cannot come out. Hey! For God to create man, put us on earth and said, you are gods. And a virus, you see, the, the most embarrassing thing is when they say that the virus is not a living organism. Because it is just a protein. No, no, what do they call it? The, 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 yeah, it, it, it's, it's some, some RNA, ribonucleic nucleic acid, protein surrounded by, by, by a lipid case, no brain. It had the capacity to mutate into many times, many forms, seven to eight different forms, goes into every continent confuse the whole human race and we don't know what to do with it and our only response is to run away hide in our rooms and come back wearing face mask george that is what has happened to the people god created and said you are gods and all of you are children of the most high Human beings must go back and find out what God made us. He said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But look at the verse number 7. The verse number 7 is interesting. But ye shall die like men. He said, I made you gods, but because of your sins and because of your iniquity. So you see, Solo, what has made us, where, what has brought us where we are, where we are running away from a virus, the only thing is a sin, though. The corruption in the world, the immorality in the world, the rebellion in the world, the lack of fear in the world, 
the lack of the fear of God in the world, the iniquities in the world, the sin in the church, the sin outside there. All those things are the ones, he said, you will die like men and fall like one of the princes. And the reason they would die like men is because of sin. Because the soul that sinned, it shall what? Die. But if there was no sin, we will be walking about like gods. Gods on earth. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. But the belief, but the, the, the hope and the power of the church is that you and I are no longer under the bondage of sin because the blood of Jesus Christ took care of our sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That is why the only true religion on earth is Christianity. Because Christianity is the only religion in this world that produces the antidote for sin. Christianity is the only religion that says the perfect son of God took his blood and shed it and it was the precious blood of Emmanuel and he used it to purchase our redemption. So you know what people, believers, we have hope. We are different. We are not mere men. Our sin is paid for. Now, I will explain it to you. If I'm owing you this and because of that, you came and took my pulpit and sent it away. When I come and pay you this, you must return my pulpit to me. So, we are gods. We sinned. We fell short. And we are dying like men. When Jesus came and paid the penalty for the sin, God returned our status as gods to us. And the devil has to start respecting us as gods. So I came to tell somebody, beloved, you are the son of God. And the earnest expectation of the creature, whatever the manifestation of the sons of God. And I know somebody saying, ah, brothers, are you sure we are not blaspheming to be thinking of ourselves as gods? You are beginning to think like one of the Pharisees. And Jesus came on earth and in John chapter 10, this kind of question came back. And the Jews answered Jesus and said, for a good work, we are not stoning you, but for blaspheming. You are blaspheming because you, being a man, you are making yourself God. You are a man and you are, you are trying to be God. Look at Margaret trying to be God. Look at Cecilia trying to be God. Look at Naomi trying to be God. Look at them trying to be God. Look at human beings. Look at George trying to be God. Let's stone them. They are blaspheming. Because being a man, you are making yourself God. And the verse number 34 says, Jesus answered and said, Is it not written? In your own law, I said, You are God's. So Jesus is now quoting the Psalm 82 verse and he's saying that, you know what? In your own law or in your own prophets, it is written, you are God's. Hmm. So your own scriptures are saying that even you. You are God's. You standing here now, your mouth is even crooked. 
God said you are God's. You are standing here. You sinned and your sins have been forgiven. And God says that you are God's. Verse 34 says, if God can call you God's, if he called them God's, unto whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken. Ay, 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 ay. Stop there. If he called them God's, unto whom the word of God came, that means anybody who receives the word of God, you have become God's. Because you see, what you eat, that is what you become. The Bible said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten. When you receive the word of God into your system and keep digesting the word and keep digesting the word and keep digesting the word, you will soon realize that you are walking in your capacity as God. Because at a certain point, the word will be united with your system. So much that anything you are doing is now the word. Uh, when you speak is the word. When you act is the word. When you move around is the word. When everything you are doing, every action you are taking becomes unanimous with the word at a certain point in your life even every word you speak even if you are conversing will be the word and the bible said and the word became flesh in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and that word was god the day your words start synchronizing with the word of god you will walk like a god on earth the reason you are walking like a normal human being is because you are talking like a normal human being. And the reason you are talking like a human be normal human being is because you are thinking like a normal human being. God is looking for supermen. God is looking for people who are not compromising. And the biggest compromise in this world is to devalue yourself to the level of the normal human being. When you devalue yourself to the level of a normal human being, the fear of the normal human being is with you. The sin of the normal human being is with you. The weakness of the normal human being is with you. And you succumb to your creatureness instead of emphasizing on your God-likeness. Now, God-likeness is the opposite of creatureness. When we say the God-likeness of the Son of God, of the sons of God, what we are saying is the sons of God must overcome their creatureness and assume the God-likeness of God. He said, and if he called them, God, unto whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken. I came to tell somebody today, I don't know. We are in a day now when almost everything is contradicting the Bible. But I came to tell you, scripture cannot be broken. Lift up your hand and shout, I am a God. Oh, look at the way your mouth can say it. You are so scared to say, I'm a God. Come on, shout it, I'm a God. I'm a God. I am a God. Verse 36. If he calls them God, and scripture cannot be broken. Say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world. And you that are listening to me, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus was sent and sancti was sanctified and sent into the world. And I announce to you that even you, in a certain way, you have been sanctified and sent. Jesus was sanctified and sent, but it is the same way Jeremiah was sanctified and sent. He said, I've sanctified you and I send you to the people. And you will speak whatever I send you to go and see. So Jesus Christ was sanctified and sent. Jeremiah was sanctified and sent. You are sanctified and sent. 
Oh, Jesus. Come on, lift up your hand and just shout, I'm sanctified and sent. Scream it, I am sanctified and sent. That is why just John just looked at the boldness of being sanctified and sent. He looked at the positivity of being called children of God. And he said, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And if he say ye of him, whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the son of God. So somebody lift up your hand and shout, I am a son of God. And the Bible said that the earnest expectation of the creature waited the manifestation of the sons of God. The earnest expectation of the creature waited the manifestation of the sons of God. And that is because the creature is full of weaknesses. The creature is, the creature is full of weaknesses. I talked to you about some of the limitations and the weaknesses of the creature. The creature is weak. The creature is afraid. The Bible said we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But we have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba Father. The creature is so weak. The creature is so afraid. The creature is so corrupt. But when we receive the likenesses of the sons of God. It is the opposite of the creatureness of the creature. And the sons of God have the attributes of God. The sons of God have the attributes of God. And I know that when I talk about the attributes of God, somebody will be talking about God is omnipresent, God is omniscient, and God is omnipotent. Tonight, I'm not into that. I'm not into the omniscience, I'm not into the omnipotence, and I'm not into the omniscience of God. Those are the three major attributes of immutability of God. But today, I want to be looking at the invincibility of God, the impregnability of God, and the immortality of God. So anybody who says, I'm a child of God. Yesterday, I finished the service, Pastor Mike. I finished the service, and I said, I was just going to watch the washroom. I was going to use the washroom and come out. As soon as I came out of the washroom, God dropped it in my spirit. Invincibility, impregnability, immortality of God. And he said, those are the three things I've given to people who are the sons of, and daughters of God. Ah, somebody shout invincibility. And lift up your hand and shout, I am invincible. Invincibility is not the same as invisibility. Invisibility is what you cannot be see, when you cannot be seen, but no human being is invisible. They can see you. Even if you are a superman, they can see you. But with invincibility. Invincibility is the quality of being too powerful to be defeated or overcome. That is when you are on the offensive. When you are on the offensive, you cannot be defeated. You cannot be overcome. Anything you want to conquer, you will conquer it. Anything you want to defeat, you will defeat it. So today in the name of Jesus, may God stir up the invincibility in you. That no bacteria, no germ, no economic situation, no health situation, no academic situation can defeat you. Come on, shout, I am invincible. God has never lost one battle. God has never won it, lost a war. When we move forward, nothing can stop us. When we are taking a territory, nothing can stop us. Shout, I am invincible. You will marry, your in-laws cannot stop you. You will marry, those who hate you can change it. You will build the church of Jesus Christ and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oh, somebody shout from today, I am unstoppable. I am invincible. 
Somebody lift up your hand and scream, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The fear has left you because God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So the whole world, every creation, every creature is waiting for this kind of human beings to emerge. Is waiting for this kind of people to be exposed and is waiting for this kind of people to be energized. Wherever you talk to people these days, it is one excuse after the other. I cannot do this because of that. I can't do this because of that. Why didn't you do this? Oh, you know the problems. But I read somewhere in the Bible, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is invincibility. You cannot be broke because you are invincible. That sickness cannot kill you because you are invincible. No weapon formed against you shall prosper because you are invincible. Invincibility. And the second word there is impregnability. Impregnability and invincibility, when you read them in the Bible, they look the same. Because impregnability means strong enough to resist or withstand attack. Not to be taken by force or unconquerable. So nobody can take you by force and nobody can conquer you. You are too strong to be resisted or withstood. Now somebody says, so what is the difference between invincibility and impregnability? Now, invincibility is when you are on the offensive. But there are times in a battle when you are rather in, on the defensive and they have put you in the corner. So imagine... Mike Tyson for one minute or Muhammad Ali. When Muhammad Ali is bouncing around and stinging like a bee and he's coming at you and you cannot dodge the blows, that is invincibility. But when you happen to put Muhammad Ali in a corner and Muhammad Ali is standing in the corner and he's telling Joe Frazier, look at me, I'm a very handsome man. Look at me, I'm a very beautiful man. You're an ugly man. Punch me some more. And Joe Fraser is punching him and he's dodging the bullets and dodging the blows and he hits him and he says, hit me some more. And still, Joe Fraser cannot put him down. That is impregnability. That means you will hit me but I won't go down. You will shoot at me but I will not die. That is the time I can tell you that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment I condemn it. I pray in the name of Jesus. May God make your invincibility and your impregnability come alive. I know the witches are against you. The wizards are against you. The floods are coming against you. The fire is coming upon you. But I want to declare in the name of the Lord Jesus you are invincible on the offensive and you are impregnable on the defensive oh there is another word there immortality 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 let me tell you believers don't die Christians and children of God don't die God is immortal and Christians don't die. Huh? Brother Eshwood. Christians have been dying. No. Paul said they didn't die. They slept. Don't mourn concerning those that sleep. As though we have no hope. Sometimes when I see Christians. Who lose a relative. A friend. A church member. A pastor. Something. 
and they behave like unbelievers. They are discouraged like unbelievers, broken down like unbelievers. I ask myself, so where is your faith? Can you imagine when Elisha, Pastor Mike, can you imagine when Elisha, Elijah left and went to heaven in the whirlwind, in the chariot? Mm. When Elijah went into heaven, in the whirlwind and in the chariot, can you imagine if Elisha had stayed on the other side organizing a funeral? In fact, many of us, that's what we would have done. We would have organized the funeral of Elijah. And say that the man has gone to heaven, but all die be die. The important thing is that Elijah or Elisha Either he would do it on this side of the Jordan, or he would go to Jericho and go and organize a funeral. But Elisha did not do a funeral. He said, let the dead bury the dead. But let me let the one who's gone to heaven to go to heaven. As for me, I must go and cure the waters of Jericho. I must go and bless the Shunammite woman's house. A child must be born in the Shunammite woman's house. I must do something meaningful with my life. I came here to tell somebody right now, you've been mourning for too long. You've been crying for too long. Something happened in your life. You are behaving like an unbeliever. Oh, somebody has died life has ended and then you know I'm miserable I cannot recover I don't know what is going on and sometimes you go to churches and they're like ah somebody died oh we don't know what is going on and then we don't know what devil is attacking this church and we think that something else has attacked our houses and then there you are going oh the devil has killed somebody the devil has done this listen to me we are imbued we are endowed with invincibility impregnability with immortality you walking and listening to me you have eternal life and somebody who has eternal life cannot die thank you for listening to wind of love with Eastwood Annabelle for prayer and counseling please call Eastwood Annabelle Ministries on 0302-734-157 and Fountain Gate Chapel Empowerment Pastures on 0302-912-752 or visit www.eastwoodannabelle.com until Eastwood Annabelle comes your way same time tomorrow stay blessed with lots of love